0: I had something for the list this week, but I've completely forgotten. It was a development thing. I remember, I can't remember if I was doing something at work or like at home on a personal project, but I was like doing something and it turned out to be a complete waste of time that I didn't need to build whatever I was building, but I did remember learning something. And I was like, well, I'm kind of glad I spent time on that because I came away with it with a valuable takeaway, but I've completely blanked on what it is. So,
1: <laughs> anyway. Sounds incredibly of, valuable then.
0: Yeah, like it must be super. No, I don't know. Anyway, it's okay.
1: Kind of sad, but no, sorry. Mm.
0: Just
2: because you don't remember it doesn't mean it's not important. It's saying. That's true. Yeah,
0: that, is, that is very true.
1: I do, I do like your uh, the design though, despite uh, it being very appley.
3: Uh, oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. too
1: Applely though. Like I was,
0: like obviously yeah. it was heavily, it's heavily influenced. But I was think, I was looking at some other apps this morning, and I was thinking, I want to take a different approach. But I don't. I mean, I, I really need to decide what I want to communicate on each screen and how much can be hidden in a detail view, mm-hmm. and then go from there. I think. Um, like this is still for me the easy
1: thing is if I mean the, the less I, I, I wouldn't even say the less good of a designer you are but I I mean you always look for inspiration right so the easiest thing for me is to rather than steal from one source I tried to steal from <laughs> at least three that way it doesn't look like any of them
0: yeah no that's fair enough yeah. so yeah. you remember Heart Monitor which I put out like a year ago yep. and mm-hmm. haven't given much love since um, the actual code for that app wasn't like, wasn't too intense. I reckon I probably spent, like, close to 30%, 40% of the time on the design of the app, and there's not much to the design. Like, it's not like it's a particularly well-designed app, but it just it went through so many iterations of me thinking this is horrible and I need to start again because it's, like, <laughs> it's super hard to come up with something that looks okay that, like, looks okay. I don't know. Like, it's just it's really hard <laughs> to do design. I <laughs> uh, yeah. really struggle with it. I really do. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know
1: it's, it's. I mean, design is just, do you struggle with finding space to show all the things you want to show or is the struggle more coming from, I want it to look beautiful?
0: Yeah. No. So it's going from like, oh, I know what a well-designed app is in my head to, oh, actually trying to lay that out on a, in a design tool or in Xcode or whatever, when I'm building an app, like I can't, going okay, from A so to you B feel like is very challenging.
2: You feel like you have something in mind, but you just can't express it? Is that exactly. more. Exactly. Okay.
0: Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, is it that you have an idea, you know exactly what you want to show, and then you have the, you're lacking the technical abilities to use the design tools? Or is it more that you you have taste in apps, so you can discern a good-looking app from a bad-looking app, but yeah. all the designs so you do are bad-looking apps based on yeah, your... Yeah, I think
0: it's the latter. Yeah, I, d- like, I don't think it's the lack of access to design tools, because even, even if I started a design in Xcode, like usually if I'm given a design at work or whatever, I can implement it in Xcode just fine. So I guess it's less about the implementation or the drawing of it and more like being able to take something that looks good in my head or that I know looks good, mm. but being able to actually put that down on paper or, or on a, a mm. digital
2: I, screen. Yeah. I think it's also, like, I, I feel the same sometimes. Like, I can look at a design and I notice what's not good about it, but I can't sit down with a white, white canvas and do it from scratch. So, that's usually a yep. problem I have. And another thing is, like... Once I start to have ideas, it's like there's so many different ideas. I could do it this way, I can do it that way and that way. And like once I get an idea, I'm like, "Oh, this is cool." But then you have to decide which one is best, and it's hard to hard to know, right? That's kind of that's yeah, kind of where absolutely.
1: I landed lately is um whenever I want to design something, I use a design tool, and then whenever I get to something, I just try to create like, I don't know, I have I design a login screen and then I just create a canvas login screen one, two, three, four, five, six and keep trying different approaches uh, and then kind of looking at them and kind of pick the one that I thought look, looks the best and then kind of narrow on the things that I think worked and the things and remove the things that didn't work and then create iteration nine and 10 where, where I then tune even more of the things that I thought uh, still needed some work. So rather than trying to refine one very much it's it's really about creating a lot of different um examples where you can play with a lot of different ideas and then because i have the same pr- problem i feel like i have a taste in good apps but i have i lack the ability to to directly bring them onto a canvas so i just create a, a lot of examples because then i i yeah then i just apply my taste to them yeah. and discard like 90 percent of them it's
2: also a nice way of doing it to actually use something what's the tool you're using at the moment? Kai? uh figma yeah it's it, so that's a design like a mock up design tool right yeah yeah, so i think I think that's really nice to learn how to do because I think once if you if you're a developer and you want to design something, it tend to sometimes you might be a little bit lazy because you do what is easy in code or you would do what's easy in like um from like a native perspective, but I think sometimes if you actually use a design tool to mock something up, you might be a bit more fluid in your in your tests and like in, in the designs that you're mm-hmm. you're designing. And I think that's a really good idea because otherwise, if it's like, okay, I have this idea, I'm going to start implementing it now and then you realize it's not really what you want. You already put so much time implementing it and then you have to throw it away. I think it's a lot harder to do that whereas if you have a design tool, it's easier to experiment with different things. Mm-hmm. So I think that seems like a really good approach. Is that something you tend to do, Zach? Um, are you using any tool or do you tend to implement things directly
0: so i have in the past used tools and it's sort of good for for quick iterating and things like that and sort of getting a feel for where i want it to go but for this project which i i started a while ago but have really put in the bulk of the effort more recently um i'm taking i'm taking the approach of sort of just building as i go and trying different things and the reason behind that is i'm not even if i sit in front of sketch For the next week and try and you know go through a bunch of different iterations i'm still probably not going to be completely satisfied coming out the other end with what it looks like and i think i would start to implement that and then change again and again and again so i'm sort of taking the different approach this time and i'm not saying this is a good idea but this is what i'm trying anyway of just starting to build out the ui and can make quick adjustments in code um going forward and yeah. sort of just playing around with different things. And I have like, I have sketches like black and white sketches on my iPad of how I want things to look. And I think that's sort of giving me a good guide as to where I should be trying to go when I'm, when I'm uh, you know, bringing that design to life in Xcode. Um, but yeah, for this, I I thought I would try and not use a design tool. Uh, I might end up having to, but I'm kind of at the moment uh, I'm, I'm liking the idea of, just having a design, changing it as I go, and if it changes every week until I release it, I'm okay with that. I think because I think ultimately, in eight or ten weeks' time, or whenever it is that that one point out goes out, I will hopefully be at something where I'm more satisfied uh, with than I am uh, where it is at the moment. If that makes sense,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm not saying yeah.
0: it's going to have good design, but it will <laughs> be. It'll saying, hopefully look better saying than that four times. Than makes it does it sound
1: more uh,
0: credible.
2: So, I've only said it three times. Just say it one more time. <laughs> um, I think it makes sense. Um, do you want to say more about what this app is for?
0: Oh, um, I can. It's not. It's not a big deal. Um, so I've f- finally sort of started building the glucose, blah, 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 ah, the blood glucose <laughs> like health kit dashboard app thing that I've been talking about building for. Probably 18 months that I started about 12 months ago and it mostly sat around on my computer doing nothing for the last year. (laughs) So I've sort of... I got a sudden burst of motivation a few weeks ago and have been rolling with that. Uh, I'm hoping to get like a 1.0 out, like a very, very simple 1.0. Like it'll be incredibly underwhelming for uh, what I... Like I usually release a decently... It's not that it won't be polished, but like it won't be as fully featured as I usually uh like as a 1.0 is when i usually release that um but i'm hoping to sort of just get something out there and then continue iterating and all of that um yeah so that's that's the plan uh i don't want to so i want to build it with xcode 10.2 and swift 5 so it'll be it won't be able to be released before they come out probably in like 4 to 6 weeks um so it's definitely like that's sort of my time frame for um as as soon as I can release it, but it'll probably take a little bit longer because it's just a spare time project at the moment. And I think the next, I think the next two months are going to be pretty busy as it is with side project time and things like that. And so, I mean, we we're speaking just before about you know, WWDC will is be someone in your uh, household
1: by any chance excessively downloading the entire internet right now?
0: <laughs> no, they shouldn't be.
1: Okay, what is your outbound package loss? Ah,
0: uh, let me open Discord. 0.0%.
1: And your ping? It's got a. <laughs> 203. Hmm.
3: Weird.
2: Yeah, it's strange. You were dropping out. A lot. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But I mean, you sound Hopefully really clear now. was so just.
0: Mm. Okay. That's good.
3: Uh-huh. All right.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I think side project time will be fairly fairly busy the next couple of months Mm. um i think we're mentioning before we've got wwdc coming up and there'll probably be like some kind of student project i have to do for that so uh we'll see but that's sort of the plan for for the next thing that i want to get out and this is kind of sort of something i want to exist and something that doesn't really exist in its current form that i'm excited to see so hopefully it'll come to life um over the next few weeks and i'll be able to build it and apparently i'm dropping out a lot now so my co-hosts can't hear me um well, that's not good. Speaking of design, like we were until very recently, I'm about to send you a link. Have you seen, either of you seen this this week? Is this a new app button? It is not a new app button.
2: No. Can't unsee. Oh, this doesn't sound like a good website. Do you really? Oh, yeah, I, know,
0: I know, I, actually, I know, yeah, I at went a glance, that. At a glance, the URL does yeah. not look very favorable. It's, it's completely fine, um, but I was super hesitant to click on it. Just because of some unfortunate letter placing, um, which makes it look uh, less than ideal. But anyway, it's all good. It's a completely uh, safe for work website. And it's a wait, sort of a design well, challenge. We-
2: Select the one that's the most correct. OK. Oh, this is interesting. So it's space. Oh, hmm. oh. wait. Oh. this is a trick, quest- it's a trick a tri- question. It's not a
0: trick. None of them are trick questions, really.
2: Okay, I mean it's obviously the first one with Johnny, the Johnny I one. Yeah, it, it starts easy. It's just a okay. tutorial. Don't okay. worry. Okay. Like harder. <laughs> okay, how do I go to the next? What one?
1: I found a bit distracting was that it is a Android status bar and a Johnny yeah, I picture. Yeah, me
2: too. Me mm, too. That's my that a trick yeah. question. None of them are correct.
1: <laughs> Android? That can't be correct. Some
0: of them are really hard. So anyway, yeah, it's just sort of a it gives you two designs at a time and asks you to pick the most correct. And some of them, it's really difficult to tell what the difference is. And others, it's way more obvious. And it gets right down to things like spacing and line thickness and uh, opacity of labels and things like that. It's actually, if you're at all uh, into mobile design or development, it is a pretty fun, um, pretty fun few minutes to go through and take this challenge. Um, so it's can't unsee dot space, just like space the word.
2: No, I got one. No. <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, bit of good fun if you are into that. And I think, um, I mean, I saw it on Twitter earlier this week, but it also made it as the sort of the fun link at the bottom of uh, the iOS Dev Weekly newsletter this week, which I was pretty excited to see because it's cool and very good fun.
2: now I have to finish this. <laughs> We're
0: going to be here a while then.
2: Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. All right. Um, that was fun. Uh, let's maybe do something <laughs> less visual now. Uh, Oh I wanted to ask you zach um yes as i said i've been trying to I've been picking up um the app that Kai told us about last week. Affinity designer and I designed mm-hmm. a logo for our meetup and I sent it to you Woo. uh I was wondering I was just asking Kai earlier, and I wanted your opinion. Do you think having something... so so the logo is very inspired by apple's uh, core ml framework mm-hmm. um like the logo the, the logo for that or all type of frameworks and um newer like, I think SiriKit has a similar one too. Yeah, SiriKit like this stacked it, like, things. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Yes, yeah, so it's like three things on in the stack. Do you think it's good to have this type of design or is it too fan girly? No, I th-
0: I think it's pretty cool because it's like it's subtle enough that you would have to be pretty familiar with Apple's design for their framework logos to at all mm. understand what it is, and even then, it's yeah. like, it, like it's fairly generic. Like it's not like it's a big Apple logo shape. Yes, because no one did the to look gimmicky. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's cool. Um, and and I think like it's nice as a standalone logo, and if someone gets that it is a reference to something else, then that's a and a nice bonus. But yeah. um, if not, it just it looks good anyway. So, yeah, I like it. It's good.
2: Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, have yeah.
0: a um, have this as the. Show the chapter art for this week for this particular part of the podcast so yeah. that all the listeners can see. <laughs> if you don't mind sharing,
2: no, no, of course. I mean, it's going to be for the meetup group, so uh, hopefully, it will be done soon. I'm hoping to get it done by Tuesday when our meetup starts. Um, our second meetup is so I'm happy to share it. Cool. Um, nice. I'm doing some tweaks though, but should be good, should be done soon. Yeah, it's a really cool tool. Nice. Uh, good recommendation, Kai. Wow. Um, it's It's really fun to be able to make everything so precise, so it's a vector design tool, so it's actually like you can really measure everything you can use like different shapes and stuff to make sure that everything is um i guess the correct measurements like it's it's really good like you actually just use shapes for everything to design to put designs out and everything you can get everything to perf- like to a perfection level and I think that's really good.
1: Do you remember last week when you made fun of me for describing it almost the exact same way? <laughs>
2: I know, but once you start using it, it's so satisfying because, like, I, I usually hand draw stuff and that's fun. But you can never get this like perfect stroke. It's like you, but with this, you can like really align everything perfectly. You can zoom in so that everything is perfectly like pixel perfect, and uh, you can copy things so that everything looks the same. Um, it's good, especially this type of layer design I'm working on. I think it's very nice that I can actually copy the layers. It saves me a lot of time too. So it's it's really good. I like it. I think I was saying to Kai that maybe it's a little bit boring because like you you everything will be perfect. It's not gonna be those like per, it's not gonna be as personal as like if you do things by hand. But for this type of thing and for like app logos, I think this is a really good tool. And you want things to be pretty, like you don't want things to be visually distracting for those things. So I think it's really good. It's like you don't want it to be like the lost intro uh, where. <laughs> Um J.J. Abrams was actually uh, designing the intro and there was this small glitch in it that was like really frustrating <laughs> for people looking at it. Uh, so yeah, I think it will be good. Um, I recommend it. And
1: you have a vector. So if you want to scale in any direction later, you can quite easily do that with vector, hmm. vector assets.
2: But there's so many cool things. Like you can look at the tutorials and people do so many cool things. I'm like, this will be easy. This looks very easy in this 10 minute tutorial. It's not. <laughs> uh, but then you will you will get into it and you get used to the tool and it gets easier. I do still want to learn some like shading and like cutting and those things, which seem to be a pretty like helpful tool. But I haven't gotten de- I haven't needed that yet, so I'll see. I'll I have a few other logos I need to design. So, um, for example, I think we might get a new podcast logo soon. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about that, but uh, we. Might, I might try to design something new for the podcast.
1: And cool. are we still changing the name now when we're we speaking already? Do we about? want to talk about this? Uh, we could talk about uh, it. Maintenance?
2: Maintenance? <laughs> this is a huge upgrade, guy. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, but those are more show maintenance topics. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's not really, hey, let's talk about. I mean, nothing happened, right? Apple Apple replaced their retail, their, the person in charge of retail. Things yeah, happen with Facebook, everything fell We might be changing over. the
2: name, Kai. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I guess we should go through those exhilarating topics before we touch any of the others.
2: No, we don't have to talk about it, but um, yeah, we are considering to change the name so that it's a bit more searchable, because right now it's very hard to find uh, the podcast if you search for something tech-related, uh, unless you look in the description, you won't really know what it is.
1: But also not just that, it's also every time you tell anyone, hey, this is the name of our show, you have to spell it out and tell how
2: to find... And I was the one suggesting that we should put ellipses in that. Imagine that. I wanted to have, like, so ellipses. That would have been (laughs) so difficult to to spell out. (laughs) Uh, I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) Uh,
1: Nice. So, yeah, at some point we might... Uh, change the name and change logo and spring cleaning and hey, it is spring. Yeah, perfect spring cleaning. I don't know what
0: you're talking about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm.
1: Cool. So, topics? Do we have to, Do we have any?
2: Are you not we looking do. at our recording um, notes, Kai? I yeah, do we have
0: it. recording notes, which we no longer call show notes, because they aren't show notes, they yeah. are for See, after eyes. 34
2: episodes, we learned that these I, are not show I notes.
1: I called them recording notes for a while, but whenever someone else created Who them... Who created this document, though? This one I created.
2: Why is the title of the document something different from the title from the heading in the document? Yeah. Why do you do this to us? Anyway.
0: <laughs> um, so, sorry, 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 worth noting that... This week we got iOS 12.1.4 with uh, which fixes the FaceTime, the group FaceTime audio bug, uh, audio and video bug that we mentioned on last week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, we also got the second beta of iOS 12.2, which fixes this bug as well. Apparently, even though that was released like two days before oh, did. I iOS that. 12.1.4, yeah, I, I was reading that it did. Um, and we also got an update to mac os which fixes this facetime bug so if you were a fan of group facetime uh you can now continue to be a fan and <laughs> if you update your devices you can continue to use it um apple did block uh, they've still blocked group facetime on older versions of ios which is probably a good idea um so now in theory there's no one at risk of this bug anymore mm-hmm. in the wild, hopefully, um, I'd still update my devices and just, just to be on the safe side. But yeah, it's good, good to know I that. I always your update your devices. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, still a bit, there was a bit of discussion on Twitter this week about how you still can't do a 50 megabyte over the air software update, yet yeah, you can download the 100 megabyte Facebook app. Or actually, I think the Facebook app is too big to be downloaded over the air. It's like 200 megabytes, but like the 90 megabyte Instagram app or something like that. And I don't know. It's frustrating. And, and there's no way, there's game.
2: still no way to like overwrite that.
0: No, there's not. That's so it's actually in the great. carrier. The carrier oh, bundle okay. plist thing, which says uh, it blocks over-the-air updates. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something carriers can override. If it is, I have not heard of a single carrier that allows that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It seems a little bit strange that in 2018 oh, 2019, wow, well, the years go fast. Um, <laughs> we're still we're still not able to install pretty important security updates that are relatively small in size compared to most Swift apps these days uh, over the air. It's a little bit a little bit dumb. But well, I mean I we mean, can over, the over yeah, but over cellular. I was just Maybe about to say. I was yeah. just about <laughs> to correct you on that.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Terminology. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it is weird. It's probably some weird agreement that just never changed from from early iPhone days. I don't think there's
2: But they have been changing it to be higher though, right? Like for downloads in I general. I think it didn't used to be this. Didn't it used to be lower. Yeah, for
0: app store downloads, definitely. But for software updates, I don't think they've ever been available okay, never really um, over
1: mobile data, which is a bit unfortunate. But even incremental iOS updates are somewhat recent, right? There, that in the early days we didn't have incremental iOS really? version updates.
2: Wait, so you just well, they had... weren't
1: really distributed over the air, even if we did. Yeah, yeah, but it was always full.
2: Yeah, so you only had like iOS nine, iOS ten.
1: No, 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 incremental. As in now. You're da- not downloading the full installer bundle oh, for iOS okay. okay. 12.1.4. You only, you only in, uh, downloaded Delta, and you only installed a Delta to get from okay. 12.1.3 to 12.1.4.
0: I thought um, that all, um, all updates to iOS over the air have done that over the years. It just so happens that usually when you go from, say, like 9 to 10 or 10 to 11, that it, you have to download the whole OS. But usually for anything in between, it's been... Um, Small? Are you sure? I, 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 I recall that sure?
1: Delta updates are were only introduced in the Iris 9 or 10 or something.
0: I could be wrong, but I seem to remember them all being different sizes, but I don't know. Maybe I'm going you crazy we only really had a or chat something. room, people could tell. <laughs> with the zero people who would be listening live. <laughs> Woo! <Aww.
2: laughs> I don't know. I don't hey, know. We it's like Saturday night
0: in most of the world, and sunday in the rest of the world where it's nice weather so people are out hopefully (laughs)
2: yeah that's true hopefully
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it is weird i i i'm i'm just i i just think it's probably some kind of old old agreements that were that were signed a long time ago and no one really cared to to renegotiate what what can be uh done over to over the network and what can't yeah but I'd also, so. realistically, w- most people will have access to, to Wi-Fi at some point during a day.
0: True, but there are like times when so you are traveling or something.
3: Yeah, but even then,
1: yeah, I mean, like Wi-Fi is everywhere. so ubiquitous. At least all the places I've been to in the last five years, I would never not find
2: I Wi-Fi. I think if you urgently want to use FaceTime group chat, you will also be able to find Wi-Fi to update your, update your device. I don't know. In Put the world of data... It's, yeah, it's a little weird. But I do feel like there's so many more hotspots nowadays. I don't know if it's the U.S. or North America, specifically, I mean, right? or it's, like it's I feel like... like you barely need to use cellular. Sometimes I do. It's not always good hotspots I'm connecting to, but there are a lot of them throughout the city. Vancouver has like free hotspots everywhere from one of the cellular provider, and that's really good. But I feel like, yeah.
1: But you also here have more of a culture of working from coffee shops. That's so true. So all the coffee shops always yeah, have free yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's While the thing. In, you in, can
2: step into any coffee shop, like no matter if it's like Starbucks or a more um, a better coffee shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you tried to find a way of being non-offensive and you couldn't think of anything b- <laughs> but uh, the offensive. A coffee defensive. shop um, with people who care about coffee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, people who uh, are at Starbucks might care about coffee, but they're not demonstrating that at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, the
1: more you consider to not offend anyone, the deeper you get into... Uh,
0: okay, okay. So on, so, on that note, without hopefully without offending anybody, I would generally... I would have, like, agreed Um, maybe, like, six weeks ago, yeah, yeah, yeah Wi-Fi is everywhere, and you know, it should be easy to find, yadda you know, yeah. You know. Like, I never use Wi-Fi when I'm out and about because I don't need to. Mobile data is actually really good in Australia, and I'll, like... Wired internet connections are actually really bad. So, yep. you know, it's kind of, it, it's nice to just stick to 4G, which you generally have everywhere. But, um, one Friday afternoon, I was leaving work and heading to a, or heading to a place I didn't know too well in the city. And. Uh, it so happened that the Vodafone. 4G I
3: Never network know where had your stories go. Some...
2: Yeah, me oh, neither. Like, I have no I'll idea if you get, change the topic, there. if this is I'll something you want to cover. No, I, I, <laughs> no, no I'm good, not, I'm not changing topics. No, I do enjoy this a lot. Yeah, I just
1: I, I, just tried to figure <laughs> out where, where, where could this story go, and at the moment right. I have nothing. All right, All right keep going. We'll get
0: there, okay. So, I can be more descriptive if you want to just enjoy the story part of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was I'm, heading I'm to a I'm ca- leaning I, was, bag. I was supposed to meet some friends at a karaoke. Actually, I was supposed to meet karaoke? some friends really? near a hotel. But. Okay. Anyway, um, so I left work and I didn't realize that the Vodafone network was down because I'd been using my laptop and phone at work as normal, connected to work's Wi-Fi, which is fine and, you know, whatever. So usually I get to the street, whatever, need to put, need to put the location into my phone and go from there. So it was about like a 15-minute walk away. I knew the general direction. I didn't know where exactly I was going. So I was relying on the GPS for sort of the last, you know, like to find the block exactly. Anyway... Uh, turns out Vodafone's 4G network was down. Now, obviously, that's not the first thing. I'm with Vodafone, I should just say. Uh, that's obviously not the first thing that comes to mind when my phone stops working. It's usually like, oh, I need a restart or, you know, take the SIM out or whatever. I mean, it's not like it happens often, but, you know, often a restart of your phone fixes it. Um, it turns out you could make phone calls. And so I ended up calling another friend who was on Vodafone and asking if their data was working. And they said it wasn't. So that meant that vodafone's network was down i'm like okay i'm in the middle of the sydney cbd i'm walking along george street which is like as busy as streets get for pedestrians in the sydney cbd surely i can find some wi-fi somewhere uh i walked for probably 15 minutes trying to connect to every open wi-fi network i could find and yes i realized that's terrible for security whatever i didn't know where i was going i really needed these these maps no luck uh, I tried Starbucks, I tried McDonald's, both of which generally have free Wi-Fi. For some reason, I couldn't find the Starbucks Wi-Fi. It like, um, wasn't showing up on my phone. The Maccas one was showing up, but it wouldn't connect.
2: Maccas is
0: McDonald's for people. Maccas, McDonald's, yes. Uh I was too far away from an Apple store to go to because I know that generally uh, the Apple store on George Street has pretty reliable Wi-Fi, but I was sort of down the other end of George Street, so it wouldn't have made sense to walk all the way up. So my solution to find this place were, would ended up being to you pop into someone? a Vodafone store. Oh. No, I didn't ask. No, I didn't ask someone because I didn't... <laughs> Are I didn't, you crazy, okay, I didn't have the address. I didn't have the name of the place because the name of the place was hidden in a message that... Uh, in a a telegram message which was too far up the chat because it was on the server it wasn't on my phone so i didn't have anything to go off i didn't have a cached map anywhere um i just knew the street i knew it was george street and i knew roughly like to within a few blocks but i didn't know the number um so yeah my solution was to walk into a phone store uh use one of their phone like their demo phones that was connected to the store's wi-fi to pull up google maps (laughs) and while i was there uh, overheard the like customer service attendant uh, telling every customer who was walking in complaining that, yes, we know the Vodafone network is down. Uh, it'll be up soon, blah, blah, blah. So that was my story about how terrible open Wi-Fi is in Sydney. I could right. not find a single open. Wi- and Isn't I'm not questions. saying that that's like I'm all, not saying that Wi-Fi is terrible and every like everything should be burnt to the ground. This is just one example of here I was naively thinking it would be so easy to get hold of internet without my mobile da- data connection, and it turns out it wasn't.
1: All right, two um, questions. Yeah. First of all, yes. Your story about how good 4G is in Australia and how bad wired internet is was an entire story about how the 4G network was down. That was just a fun <laughs> fact. I thought it was interesting. Second thing, how did the in-store phone help you if you didn't know the yeah, name and too. you didn't know the address?
0: Because I could look up karaoke bars nearby.
1: Ah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I knew the street. I knew roughly where it was, and then I could put two and two together and walk to one particular okay. place. Okay. So.
1: And then you had an amazing yeah. night with the random
3: people.
0: <laughs> 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 I didn't want to mention that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, actually, I had a friend driving in that night, and um, and he he ended up parking at a car park quite far away because it was one of the only ones he knew in the city, and he couldn't use his maps to get him to closer car parks, and he didn't want to stuff up. So I thought that was also quite amusing. Um, so yeah, it this was is- that was definitely eventful, and it made me realize that I am actually super reliant on maps for places I don't know where I'm going, and <laughs> it's know. very easy yeah. to take that for granted. Like, yeah, I, like- I
2: really try um, when I'm in new cities to like not look at my phone and try to actually figure out how to get somewhere. Like look at it the first time, and then try to try to figure it out. Like the same when I'm at like Dub Dub. I mean, now I sort of <laughs> know San Jose because it's not very big, um, <laughs> but I think like in the beginning, it's like you do sort of rely on having a internet connection and if you don't have like a local sim that would be really hard and like i'm thinking at something at WWDC, you might actually be out the whole day and you might not have battery in the end of the day so it's very important that you sort of start to learn and like remember the name of your hotel that you're living at and those type of things and i think Definitely. we do start to take those things took for granted like i often don't know if i live at an airbnb i don't often know the address like it's just buried somewhere in my phone and if my phone would die that's really bad So. I think I think you're right. We are very reliant on those type of things and it would be good to good to sort of learn to like trust our instincts a bit more and learn how to find our way around from just looking looking at the buildings around us. But it's just mm. really hard. Like
0: I should also mention, while we're on the topic of like things like being reliant on our phone, um, the bus that I catch in the morning usually never comes at the advertised time, like it's plus or minus five mm. minutes and if I am able to use an app to track its real-time location, which is available, you know, probably like fourteen out of fifteen days or something like that, it's very, very high availability of that data, um, I usually know exactly when to leave home, or if I'm running late, I know that it might be worth me running to catch up to the bus because yeah. I can see exactly how many minutes away it was. Um, and I don't know; it's probably like six. And six you do know if you did now.
2: miss it too, you're not discussing yes, standing exactly. there hoping that you might not yeah. miss it. And
0: there's no point running if it's one minute away and you know, it's going to take you five minutes, even if you run. Um, but yeah, so this data, like on one of the mornings, the data, the real time data wasn't available. I found myself sort of on track to make it to the bus stop at the advertised time. But obviously I know it never comes at the advertised time and it, it potentially either left already or it was five minutes delayed, um, so I was like, well, I don't know if there's any point in me running. I mean, I could run, but there's a, a fairly decent chance that it's already taken off. Um, and as it so happened, uh, I was about 200 meters away and it pulled up and I saw it leave and I was very sad. And I should have run in hindsight, but obviously I didn't know that at the time. So again, that was like, it made me realize that I am actually super reliant on knowing real-time bus times so yeah. that I know when to leave home and all yeah, that Yeah, I kind think of here the so, time
2: t- the bus stations don't even have timetables on them.
0: Because they're that frequent, they come (laughs) every one.
2: Maybe, maybe that's why. (laughs) I don't know why. Like honestly, if you're new to a city, it's hard to know when they will come. Like it's 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 strange that they are like expect people to have phones or expect people to. I don't know, uh, like sometimes there are phone numbers that you can text and it's still like this reliant, people are reliant on technology and it is a little bit bad as a society that we don't really know our way around anymore. I think it's good to practice Mm. that sort of muscle sometimes to just put your phone down, remember what street you live at and (laughs) move on. (laughs)
0: I know they're with the they're building a new train line in Sydney, and I know that they're advertising that in peak time it'll be coming. The train will come every four minutes, which for Sydney is actually very impressive. Most of our public transport doesn't come that often. I know in Vancouver that would probably be <laughs> a very slow day for a service. Um, but yeah, they their the advertising streets. slogan is sorry. People would riot on the streets. <laughs> But yeah, part of the advertising slogan for this new train line is something like, "Oh, there's no timetable, just show up and go." And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm sure you'll still publish a timetable somewhere because you've <laughs> got to have a timetable. That's the way the world works. But uh, it is interesting—an interesting philosophy of, well, well, it doesn't really matter if you miss it because three minutes and fifty-nine seconds later, another hmm. train will be pulling up, which is I actually don't think kind of nice. We
1: have timetables, here, though.
0: No, like no, I trains. think.
2: Yeah, you don't have it for the trains, and I think the reason why you don't have it for the buses is, like, someone told me they change them all the time, so they don't... Yeah,
1: they, they're they quite frequently adjusting them for different, like... Yeah, for different conditions locations, and, different conditions. Oh, that's yeah. confusing.
2: It's a little bit confusing, but they tend to always go very often, so...
1: Yeah, since since I moved here, I mean, I sometimes use the kind of live, live features of, of Apple Maps, or no, Google Maps, and Transit, and City Mapper and, and the like, I don't think... A, Apple has any public transport live feeds anywhere in the world, do they?
0: I don't think they have live things. They definitely don't in Sydney. Um, mm. They know the times that the buses and trains are meant to come, so they can give you an indication of when you should be where, but yeah, if but a bus is running early or late, it won't update. Mm. Yeah, but, but I
2: wonder... Uh, what I think would be useful is if you have a timetable to know when the first and the last bus is going, at least. you know. Yeah,
1: fair point. I mean, if you're anywhere close to that, sure. But... Like, yeah. If you're, I don't know, it's midday, I don't really care that the last bus is going at 1am. Who cares?
2: Well, people who are you know, I still as well think it's nice care. to
1: know, like, if you've got a connection, you kind of want to know what
0: time, you know, what, what, say, the last time is you can get to the station before you'll miss your connection at the other end.
1: Mm. I think
0: it's still useful to have a, a timetable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you might not need to check it, and I think, look, if you don't need to check it, that's probably a win, but... But even if you would
2: have a timetable, it it wouldn't help you to check the connection because you would need an online timetable to check the connection, right?
0: But it would still help knowing what time you'd make it to your destination, and and then you can check the connection Mm. from there. Because just because so this line links up to another line, and that other line is in every four minutes, that's for sure. So Mm. you know, if you miss if you miss your connection, you might be at the other waiting at the other station for ten minutes or twenty minutes or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, all the all the main train lines here. First of all, they don't have drivers. Everything is automated. These ones don't
0: have drivers either. It's going to be so
1: cool. Welcome to 1985, that Like platform guards or something so
0: that you can't accidentally fall onto the tracks. Are they going to... We have that here still. What do you mean guards? Like people? Wait, people actually... No, I mean like... Barrier guard type. Oh, thing. okay, Wait, that's people cool. still like fall bend. onto the tracks.
2: I mean, we don't have guards. We just have people on the station. Is that what you're referring to? Guy? No, oh, no. Here,
1: okay, yeah, because I mean, you
2: have sensors on the tracks. So if someone would fall, the train should stop. Yeah, that's good. But
1: yeah, because but here if the, the train is
0: driverless, how would it know to stop? Because there's the there are sensors on the, on the
1: on the tracks, so the tracks uh, know that okay. there's something laying on the tracks, and then the train just okay. stops. Um, but I mean, it, it kind of helps with those kind of accidental things, but there are also people that try to jump in front of trains and, but uh, if
0: you try and do that, I don't think it's the train's fault.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's here, here, the problem is, um, I mean, we have had driverless trains since, I think it's 1985 actually. Um, so one of the first, I mean, not the first, I think Japan actually had the first driverless trains. Uh, a couple of years before us here. But um, since then, we had uh, multiple iterations of the the trains that would go on those tracks, and their uh, entrance and exit doors don't exactly align throughout those uh, 20, what is it now, 24 years of of service. So you can't really have those... uh, Doors that open and close to prevent people from falling because uh because yeah, we tr-
2: have yeah, if you have different trains in circulation, they would yeah. have doors on different places. Align. So they wouldn't align with the tracks. Exactly. And you don't want to just take them out of circulation because they work, so mm. and I think ah, like okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, we still have some of the original ones from 1985 still going today. Right.
0: See, in this case, I think the plan is to exclusively run. So they've they've got like different track widths and different tunnel sizes for these new trains, which are actually smaller. So I don't think there'll ever be a, a case where an older train is running along uh, this line, which may or may not be a good thing. It's probably a bad thing because the old trains were better. Don't get me started. Um, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, in general, you kind of need that, right? If you if you want, I mean. Benefit of having driverless trains is frequency of of trains is becoming a lot cheaper because you don't need to pay a lot of people that sit in there uh, mm-hmm. and and drive the train. So I don't think you would have trains coming every four minutes, especially in Sydney, if you would have to pay the person driving the train thirty plus dollars an oh, hour. Oh no way! Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then if you have mixed systems are always a lot harder, right? If if we would have all our roads a hundred percent hundred percent autonomous autonomous vehicles would be a lot easier to build than having to deal with a mixed autonomous and manual uh system so that's why I think having a, a network that is purely autonomous is probably the only way of making it so you work think we reliably. should make
2: autonomous um car only road networks is that is that what you're trying to tell um
1: no it's just for for the train right if I know. you oh. you need you need this entire the trains all need to talk to each other. They all have to know how far they are yeah. away from each other. If one stops, you know the train needs to get the signal that the train stopped because they're not using yeah, so sensors. Like, they're using they they basically have a data channel. Yeah, and they so get the here, data, so they they don't have. I don't know if they have cameras for for sensing. I think most of it actually happens on the on the rails and in the system and then they the system tells the train how to behave yeah
2: you notice here that even if something happens on like central station and you're like 10 stops away your train will still stop because it needs like every train on the whole rail system needs to stop in order to not collide i guess because it's just they go so often so you can't really if one of them stops because something happens in the city you need to make sure that all of them stop so you don't get a mm. like rolling traffic
1: but also things like rerouting right if you if you're getting too close to a place that's uh, that's closed, rerouting becomes a lot more tricky than if you stop a bit earlier because you know there's there's something going on anyway. Um, and then you can potentially reroute or let people off at a previous station, those kind of things. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah like it. interesting. So I don't think I've ever looked at a train or phone schedule ever for trains. Phone here because, schedule? Yeah, like a... You mean like mean schedule? No, no, a train schedule on a phone. Oh. Just because okay. the trains are so free. Yeah. At peak time, they go every 90 seconds. And any other time it's I mean effectively I, I don't think we've ever waited more than four minutes ever. No, probably not. Even that four minutes madness. would have been a stretch.
2: Wow. I know. And they're still full. During peak time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of people. Gee. Yeah. yeah. It's just so like it's it's because it's convenient, it's very popular. Mm.
1: Yeah. But it, sure. they're also constantly expanding. Like the the mm-hmm. public transport. I think the peak they could do is ninety seconds all the time, I think. Wow! That's than like that, pull up and
0: go, pull up and go, pull up and go, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but I think we do need that for peak, like especially like uh, kind of around nine and five, because that's when yeah. people uh, work a lot in the city, um, or or start working and then stop working. Explain <laughs> it
2: what peak time is. Kay.
1: I mean, for all for all the are independent working from home. Uh, I think
2: they still are a little bit connected to the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. Does my disconnect shine through here? <laughs> I I thought I I,
2: I noticed figured... when I went to the train once at five p.m. that there were other people there.
3: Yeah. Oh was... my god!
2: Have you guys noticed this? <laughs> what a phenomenon! Yeah. It's like everyone goes during those specific time a day. You can call it peak guys, time. Guys, guys, I
1: figured I figured something out. You know what? A lot of people work from nine to five. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you um... going to get out, Mark. <laughs> not at nine or five. It's actually really annoying. I don't know. I-, I quite enjoy not having to uh, be in a train at five. It's really busy. It's like excessively busy here uh, during those times.
2: Yeah, people people have to work. Yeah, mm.
1: but good that we get more trains to kind of help with peak times.
2: Cool. Um, yeah, that was a weird
1: uh, derailment. As- <laughs> mm.
2: yeah. Speaking of rail, <laughs> what about retail? uh whoa
1: <laughs> you should have done the segue like you know what else is in this city <laughs> retailing coffee beans or
2: <laughs> what no i'm talking about apple retail
1: i know
0: i know i was trying to do two segues there okay, oh okay sorry man. yeah no that's not too, much, Zach. too one, much one too many yeah sorry i tried i tried I'll take next week off
1: as part <laughs> <laughs> But before we talk about uh, Apple, Apple restructuring, this is retail. what
2: everyone is listening for, Kai. I'm so know, excited. But
1: one, now when we're already talking about Vancouver, one last Vancouver news segment. What is it, it looks like we're finally getting a flagship um, That's Apple. Apple retail. Uh, that's the Apple
2: retail story well we wanted not to talk about <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: oh, that, oh, I
0: didn't realize that was apple retail. Cool. I, I, well, you
2: can interpret the topic in many ways I
1: think people would be very disappointing if that would be the story that the only retail story we talk about this week, yeah, but uh friend of the show John um sent me a message uh from the Daily Hive, which is a uh I don't really know what it is. Kind of like a young people newspaper, I think, uh, which oh. makes me sound a lot older than I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those young it, people and the hype.
1: But it's like I don't know. It's like a metro city uh, newspaper. I guess it's online. a
2: forward-thinking newspaper. Is That's what you're trying. To
1: no, know? no, no, no. It's it's. I don't know. As I said, I don't know. It's only they only have like local local uh, stories. In I think it's only. Mon- Did you
2: talk about a lot about like for? like city planning and like things in the future and stuff yeah
1: things that kind of go on in in like the large metro areas in in canada so like vancouver toronto montreal maybe calgary um but yeah they actually had an article they're pretty good with um uh keeping up to date what's going on with apple stuff so they had a story about apple expanding their corporate offices here uh a few months ago and now the, the article that John sent me was about um, a proposal for, a, for the first flagship Apple store in Vancouver. That's so not moment, what it's
2: saying. It's, it's, a, it's a glass building. It's a city. glass
1: building with a green back wall and, and curved glass and uh, special stone uh, stairs and elevator and everything. So mm. it, it definitely looks like an Apple store, but it's in the proposal. It doesn't say Apple store. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like we, we finally get a proper Apple store here in Vancouver. I know.
2: I'm so excited because at the moment, the one we have is like really small and they don't always get stock either. What? Yeah. Like, that I is want, rare. I though. wanted to get the red Apple watch band. And they didn't have But it. I
1: think there was, there was something, something else went wrong there because all the other Apple stores had them around here. Maybe. It was maybe. only that one that didn't get a shipment. So yeah. I, I, I assumed that was just, I don't know, someone stuffed up. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, um,
2: but yeah, the one here is like it's quite narrow at the moment. The one in the in the main mall. So this new store will be great, and I think it will look really nice. And hopefully, and I it's not underground. At the moment, <laughs> they are also trying to have like you know like uh, like Apple courses, like uh, the
1: today at Apple? today at
2: Apple courses in there. And it's always really difficult because it's as I said, it's so crowded. It's like smaller screens. It's not a very pleasant experience because so many people are walking around you trying to shop at the same time so I think it would be good if they have uh, if they're able to sort of have those more creative sessions in the store a little bit less uh, less distracted, dis- distracted and they still have,
1: they still have the old um, store layout with the genius bar in the end which by, by default is not something I dislike but because there's so many people in front it's sometimes really hard to even make it through the store to get to the genius bar um, so it will be nice to have a... I mean, the store will also be about 20 times the size, so yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. Anyway, let's actually talk about the, the more interesting Apple retail story. Yeah. Is it interesting, though?
2: Do you want to talk about this Apple sh- not starting a retail store in, in Stockholm? Is that the retail story we want to talk about?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a more interesting retail story than anything hear- I've heard yeah. this
1: week. All right. Um, so <laughs> no, I haven't heard Feel free to share. Uh, yeah, it's it's not super exciting. Um, you know what happened in Melbourne? Yeah, the Federation Square thing. Yeah, so...
0: So, uh, yeah, Apple, wanted wanted to,
2: Apple wanted to... Um, st- open a new flagship store in Melbourne, Australia, um, which was Woo, supposed right. to be on the Federation Square, but they didn't want to let them Square. do that because it was such an important, I guess, monument no, for I the think city. People
1: just really didn't like their... The the Federation Square, like one of the buildings, should be torn down to then become this huge Apple store. Yeah, and I think people didn't like that, so they tried to get it heritage listed or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now,
0: honestly, technic- honestly, I don't think that Federation Square should belong to a big brand like that. But, but, this is just my personal take. Sorry for interrupting. I know this wasn't meant to be a hot take segment, but, <laughs> uh, but also, if it was to, I mean, Federation Square is a really lovely part of Melbourne. But if it really was to boost the economy like the government think it would, then I don't know, like maybe it's not a bad thing. But my personal take is that Apple have enough money to find another retail spot in Melbourne and just go for it. Because Melbourne CBD doesn't have an Apple store for context here. You have to go like, I think it's at least 20, 25 minutes out of the city to find an Apple store in Melbourne, which is ridiculous. But it doesn't have to be in Federation Square because Federation Square is lovely. And I don't know. Probably shouldn't be a shrine to Apple, but I guess you could say the same thing about Union Square in San Francisco because the Apple store, you know, is one of the, the big sort of um, appealing shops that you see when you're in Union Square, but I guess it's surrounded by other shops, so maybe it's a little bit different. Anyway, my point is no big brands are in Federation Square um, so it would be definitely a first, and maybe that's not yeah. always a good thing.
1: So you, I, you think, I do think you, you don't do you, want Apple to build a town square.
0: Oh, God no, no! Apple are a re- like a corporate retail <laughs> company. They are not. They are not f- your everyday like mum and dad coffee shop, family run business <laughs> the, trying the to the make a living possible in
1: naming. That is, you know, you know those kind of c- when companies start using those cringeworthy names for things. It's yes, like it, we're yes. all a family, and you're like, oh no, you're not a freaking family. It's you're exactly company. like that. <laughs> And Apple square.
0: want your money. That's fine. That's allowed. They're a private company, but they're not your best mate. You yeah. don't go to their house to chill. Like, that's not what you do at an Apple store. Anyway. Yeah. But also, so I don't square necessarily is think... Like, yeah. a
1: major part of a Town Square is that it belongs to people and not exactly the company. Exactly. So, the naming... I think the naming Apple... They really shot themselves in the foot with the naming because yep. I, I've never heard anyone that actually thought about it and thought Town Square is an appealing name for this kind of construct. Mm-hmm. And turns out governments agree. <laughs> because if yeah, Apple I mean, saying, hey, wrong. we want Those to build a Town Square really in nice. Melbourne, Melbourne is saying, no, you're not building a Town Square. <laughs> yeah. we, we already that's have a Town the thing, Square. Like, it
0: wouldn't be like they're moving into an existing building. They would be building something new, which essentially becomes a shrine to Apple in one of the busiest parts of Melbourne, the most tourist-centric spot. I
2: mean,
1: it's not
0: really
3: a shrine. Know. It feels a, a little distasteful. Place.
1: Yeah,
0: a
3: good yeah, looking it feels retail yeah, space.
2: Yeah. but to get back to the original Apple retail stories. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Marlon. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so the, the same thing happened in Stockholm. Basically. Wait, wait, wait.
1: We didn't finish the Melbourne one yet. Okay. Um, so you gotta um, get into those details because of that. Um, then people people dislike that Apple build there. My personal opinion, my hot tag, uh, Federation Square. I don't think it's that lovely. I, I really don't think it's a very appealing thing. It's a weird concrete place. Um, so just. Purely visually I think having the Apple store there would improve it but actually having nicer parkland or anything else would would probably do the same um but I for all the buildings to protect I feel like the Federation Square buildings would not be the ones I mean Melbourne has a lot of really beautiful architecture uh I feel Federation Square is not really part of that group of beautiful architecture at I least guess to it's me. sort
2: of the argument that it's supposed to be for the people. It's not supposed to be a retail space at the moment. I think it's a art gallery or maybe a theater. I mean, there
1: there are also commercial buildings in there, okay. but they're not they're not billion trillion yeah. dollar yeah. companies. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. You're not surrounded by retail stores in Federation Square with you know big Bloomberg logo, not Bloomberg, what's it called <laughs> uh, Burberry logos and other fancy tesla store like you don't have that in federation square you have that in other parts of melbourne and it's fine if you look at the flagship apple store in sydney along george street it's on a it's in a part of town where there is a million other shops nearby and lots of big retail brands and it's sort of it's very fitting with the space um you know it's across the road from uh, the telstra offices and it's got like a dimmix bookstore next door and a mcdonald's next door like it's You know, Rebel Sport, all those kind of things. Whereas the Melbourne one, I don't know. It it would feel a little bit out of place. And look, we all like Apple on this show. Obviously, we spend you know an hour a week talking about them or whatever. But that doesn't mean I want to see their. uh, It doesn't mean I want to see their stores plastered all over towns that where they don't belong. Yeah, I don't know.
3: I I don't agree with the word
1: plastering just because I do think they usually have a positive impact on. I mean, it's not so a lot that's, of... Yeah, that's- like, overall, they have a positive economic impact. And basically, yes, it I think they're very... Like, yes. if, if we would decide of any retail store to go there, which I think the discussion to me should be, should retail be allowed in Federation Square or not? Um, if the decision is yes, I think Apple is probably the best possible retail store to be there because it's there. The Apple tends to care about the environment they're in, not just the store itself. So they probably build other things ra- surrounding their store that makes it a more pleasant place to be. Um, but if the decision is we don't want uh, big retail there, then obviously uh, also Apple shouldn't be there. Um, it's just always weird when you first sell uh, a lot to a company and then say, hey, we but didn't we don't actually... to sell a lot
2: today in Melbourne. I, so.
1: that's,
2: I think that's what we get into. to. In, so in yeah, Stockholm, what happened was that they did sell a lot to... Apple uh so apple was supposed to come in, so to, in like, uh,
1: stockholm is in a- sing- similar situation yeah, yeah. The, uh, stockholm the city of stockholm doesn't have a single apple store at the moment the closest one is in tabby uh which is what would you say half an hour outside of town
2: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so this this new store was supposed to be in a big um a major like i guess the heart of stockholm um it's this big um this big park called uh, like the King's Garden. If you you can speak it. Swedish, Swedish uh, is allowed in this podcast. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm gonna translate it so people are not like, oh, what's happening? Um, so they were gonna put this new put this new store, and uh, they were actually uh, Apple was actually able to buy the land from the current restaurant that's there. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kai, um, but they were able to buy it, and they wanted to start building it. And then the same thing happened as in Melbourne. They weren't allowed to because. But apparently, a big reason for this was because many people were against this name of Town Square, and I think it was interesting to see that they had exa- like a similar reaction to Melbourne, and um, to see that they were actually stopped from sell, from building something. So at the moment, they are not allowed to build, and it was so important. So like Angela Arendt actually went there to discuss them- this matter, and now they are trying to sell it back because they are not allowed to build there. But I think they are selling it back for double the price.
1: Yeah. So uh, at the moment, there is already a store there. It's a TGIF. Um. Thank God, it's Friday. I think it's called.
2: Oh, that's that what
0: it that's right. for Yeah. Is that a restaurant or a retail store?
1: Yeah. It's it's a I don't know like an American diner inspired oh, yeah, fast yeah. food. Yeah, we've got some of store. those
0: in in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. It's not They're like quite it, nice.
1: It's, it's yeah. That one isn't particularly nice. It definitely hasn't been renovated in quite some time. Uh. So it looks a bit down. It's it's probably the least pleasant part of, of the... Now I'm not sure if I should say the king's backyard, because that sounds dumb. Uh, Kungsträhgården.
2: That doesn't sound weird at all. No. no. Um.
1: Anyway, uh, that's what the park is called. Um, otherwise the park is quite nice, but that, that place looks a bit run down. Yeah. So Apple bought it for 129 million Swedish crowns uh, to build a, their f- first flagship Apple store in Stockholm. And similar situation, uh, apart from that one restaurant, there isn't a lot of retail in that area. I mean, across the street, there is the largest department store in Stockholm, but on the other side where the park is, it was only that TGIF.
2: I think it's good that cities are pushing against this, and I do agree with you, Zach. It's sort of meant to be like a part, something that's like... Part of part of the city and part of what the people own, so I think it should be something like that, and I understand that cities are worried about bringing retails into those places, and I think, um, like this place in stockholm, it's like it's it's a nice like nice garden to walk through, so you don't want to be occupied by that, but then I was thinking back you mean at park uh, yeah park um so so you but then I was thinking back to. Uh, The San Francisco store. And I think the fact that Apple is there made that a lot more popular area to walk around. I think it can potentially make a city a bit more vibrant and a bit safer. So that's why I'm thinking having something like an Apple store in those areas might be good during like evenings and during like during that time of day. And I'm not sure if it's, I understand that cities are. Worried about it, taking over the city and sort of making it into a also commercial not
1: really area. a corporate uh, thing to fulfill if if you have areas where a lot of people yeah, inclined to 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 commit crimes uh yeah maybe it's something the city it might be something them. the city or or yeah, the federal yeah. government should address rather than apple uh having security there to, yeah, to protect point. their store right yeah um but I think in general, it's it's a very similar situation in Stockholm that it is to to Melbourne. But the the Apple store there is very. I mean, it would have it would have been hard to see because Apple had multiple uh, uh, redesigns, so now it was completely surrounded by trees. So you would almost not be able to see it from the park. You would almost not be able to see it from the street. Apple would actually plant a lot of trees that are currently not there, uh, which again is kind of my my point of Apple usually caring about the environment as well as yeah. the store itself. And I do,
2: think, I do think it's that's the thing. Apple tend to make it very nice around their stores, but the actual problem might be the, something that the city should handle. So if it's not nice or if it's not green enough, maybe that's something that a city planner should handle rather than a corporate
1: company but they have a lot of money so yeah. using that for i i think that's also the thing right if you sell it for 129,000 uh, 129 million swedish crowns and then so that's what the city sold it for and then saying you can't build a store there is a bit weird if you don't want apple to build a store there don't sell the property i it's just i understand why why that would be frustrating to buy a property and then not being allowed to build because then why why did you allow it to be sold in the first place? It's, it's a bit strange. Um, but uh, from people familiar with the matter, uh, the the naming of Apple calling a town square uh, publicly and in negotiations definitely uh, did not do them any good because uh, sweets are very, I don't know, um, I don't want to offend too many sweets, but in general... <coughs> Go on. Huh? Go on.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, those kind of things don't don't really work with this Swedish population too much. just say, "Hey, look, a corporate town square," I'm like, eh oh, yeah, nah. Uh, nah, that is BS. We don't want that." Um,
2: I don't think that's offensive. I think
1: no, no. I I rephrased it to be less offensive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So and now uh, it turns out Apple is is kind of uh, th- throwing the towel and uh. Yeah, uh stepping back from building a store there and is now offering to sell it sell that property back to the government for uh uh I think almost 200 uh, million Swedish crowns um in order yeah. to recoup some of the investments they had, they or all the losses from planning and and paying architects and Angela Aaron's to go there and those kind of things. Yeah. So that seems to be kind of a, a very similar story to, to Melbourne overall, and the second yeah,
2: I think, flagship I just Apple think, store that I didn't I just wanted happen. to bring this up, because I think the whole town square naming might not have been the best move. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this was something that many people almost cringed at in the beginning, when they started hearing this town square, and I think, realistically, it's 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 a little bit... It's unfortunate, because I think it didn't help them, and I think... It's a bit. I think it can be offensive to many cities. It's like I'm a big corporate company, and I'm coming in now, and I'm gonna create that town square for you because you can't do it. It just also sounds it. BS. <laughs> yeah, people know that Apple is a corporate company, and that they are trying to sell you stuff. And I think that's probably what you should go with. Like you should you shouldn't call it evil corporation um, headquarters, but like you, you should be realistically about what it is, and either call it a store or call it a like. If you want something more modern, I understand that, but I think Town Square is just very Bs-y. personal. And I think... Yeah, and yeah. We've
0: said it before, Apple aren't your friend. Right? Apple yeah. are a company, you buy stuff from them, that's cool, Like it's a transactional relationship, but you're not friends with them and their goal is to make money. They're not yeah. there to, you know, buy you dinner. And
1: yeah. I mean, they wouldn't build that store or they wouldn't build that town square if they weren't allowed to sell you $1,000 products there. Of course. You know, yes, if that would be course. an agreement, Apple would be like, we're not interested in that at all. Exactly, because you're trying to build a retail place, not a freaking town square. But a city, the city 100%. of Stockholm, builds this town square without trying to sell you stuff. That, that is essentially the difference. One is a place you go and buy stuff, and the other one is a place you build for the citizen of that place to enjoy their day-to-day more. They're very different things. I understand that some of those things can align. It can be a good experience to be at an Apple store for Wi-Fi because your 4G network drops out or whatever else you might have. But it's definitely not a town square and has a very different purpose. And I do think purpose of building those things matter a lot, no matter what what the outcome is. The intention is important. And, uh, I mean, all of us thought BS when we heard it being called town square. And Apparently, we're not alone with that. So, that's Ooh. good, at least. People are not completely weird. Speaking of retail and Angela Arons, uh Apple also uh, went through some trans- transition there. Yeah, Angela Ahrens is
0: wrapping up her time at Apple. Mm.
1: And it sparked directly controversy whether we- she was fired or left. Mm. Or-
2: yeah, it feels like, it wrote, like so many articles came out, like, the actual reason why he left or, like, this yep. is making sense of why she left. It's like uh, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like gossipy, and I'm not I <laughs> yeah, don't really like that. On a
1: on a higher level, just just matter uh, looking at what always happens. It seems like people always want to project whatever their issues are with Apple at the moment at anything that they see is happening that could at all yeah, indicate. And
0: look, it. it's a fairly quiet time of year, and the Apple news cycle got some, got some news, so mm. they're going to take it and. But run. It
1: also, it is a bit worrying to me, or it would be worrying to me if I would be in charge at Apple, that everything I do, people start to project that that will lead to positive change and fix a lot of issues. Uh, I mean, if 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 nothing else at all, it indicates that a lot more people have a lot more issues with a lot more aspects of what Apple's doing. Can you
2: think of another example, something?
1: Was it just a, the change in, in earnings?
2: Yeah, it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, the change right. in earning like the correction of their their predictions for, for earnings came out and everyone jumped into like their ten reasons why Apple is doomed now and why oh, their
2: ten reasons why like I guess they use this as an excuse of why things haven't gone well. Like yeah. yeah.
1: So I I just feel like if if I would be at Apple it would be a bit concerning that they're. So, I
2: think what we were talking about was, for example, like there was so many things dragged into the reason why Apple has le- had to lower their earnings call, and I think many people were like, "Oh, it's because they replace so many batteries, or it's because their retail takes so long." It's like no, they, everyone they all...
1: picked like it's because the phone is too big including myself, mm. um, it's because yeah. uh, OLED screens are, are bad, and it's because uh, the iPhone didn't get fast enough, and because there's a touch bar yeah. on, on like, a MacBook, everything that people and This the about, butterfly saw... keyboards are ga- sometimes getting yeah, sticky.
2: I think everyone saw this as an opportunity to get their theories corrected, or, uh, or verified. Mm. Mm. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is very similar. It's like, people were very annoyed about Mac, people who have been annoyed about anything related to retail, they will now Think was the reason for Angela Aaron re- leaving, and I think that's yeah. really bad. Like I think they're a bit like sometimes some people might just want to leave, or it wasn't a good fit, or they thought like they wanted to go in a different direction than someone else thought. And I think there's so many other reasons, and it's very hard to predict like why a specific person leaves. But I think what we should look at is like some of the some of the downsides of this, and also some of the like ups sides or some of the changes that might happen in Apple and I think it's very, It's just, I just put this topic in here because I thought it would be interesting to just talk about how we feel the Apple store, Apple retail store is in general. I think they have been doing a lot of changes. I think the online, uh, online ordering is much nicer now but there's certain things that we don't like about the store and I think it's just interesting to talk yeah, about
1: Yeah, to me, to me there are two things. First you, what, what you can look at is how people react to this. Is kind of an indication of how, how a lot of people feel about Apple retail, right? So I yeah, thought and that was might kind be of be a great lesson to learn, right? The I other mean, thing... Apple can
2: learn from this and from people's rumors. Mm.
1: And the other thing we can directly look at and, and uh, learn something from Apple, no matter how, they found themselves in a situation where they had to find a new person in charge of retail. No matter if, if uh, Angela Aarons left or was encouraged to leave or whatever else. They were in a situation where they had a spot to fill. And Apple decided to fill that uh, spot. And I think that is interesting because uh, uh, I will probably butcher her name. Deirdre O'Brien is is the person that kind of takes on the responsibility for retail. And I think that is interesting because now we can see Apple was in a situation where they had to fill this spot. And who did they fill that with? Because that means agree. no matter what what happened before, we won't f- we will never hear about that, anyways. So everyone can speculate however much they want, but it won't get anywhere. I think it's interesting, however, to see who Apple decided to replace that with, because you can yeah, because- see what what her specialties and what her experience. I mean, she's been at Apple for thirty years. She has done a lot of things at Apple in those thirty years. Mm. So I think that is interesting because you can see she's definitely coming f- more from an operations background and less so from a, uh, you know, she doesn't have as much experience in, in the design area. It's very focused, like a lot of her career was in operations, early Apple retail and online retail and and people. It
2: feels like she really would understand the company like apple as a company and their products and i think (laughs) you would hope so after (laughs) (laughs) no but and i'm not saying that angela didn't but i think um it's really nice to see companies hiring or promoting people from within for those type of roles and i think that's very good for team morale and i think it's something that like you can get really people who are really expert at what they're doing if you if you get someone who already works in the company and i think um it makes sense like at the moment i think a big re a big issue with the Apple store is how many people are in it, and mm. I know she deals with other type of people issues but or like she' she's is, she is currently working in the people that, like she she's lead? No, what do you say
1: what most p- people would call head of h yeah, r so she's head of the people senior vice president of yeah. people
2: and of head of
0: the people
1: sorry,
2: head of the head people of the people uh, but I do think like she understands. When people are uncomfortable in situations, she understands what people need to like um be able to like have have a good experience even if it's even if it's in the work environment but I do think that will help her understand customers too and understand what customers need so I think that will be really good and also be able to help every retail employee to um to be their best the, to do the best job they can and I think Having that overlap, I think, feels quite natural now when I think about it. It's nothing I've seen before, but I'm not an expert in hierarchies in companies. Um, But I think it makes sense to sort of put put those two roles together. It seems like it's a lot on her plate, but I think if anyone can do it, I think she she seemed to be very capable of this, and she seemed to have already had a lot of responsibilities. So I think think she seemed like a good fit. Mm. And I'm very happy to see that, like I said, they are hiring from within. They're hiring someone who to really understand the business and the um, and the company and the people in the business and I think Tim Cook said as well that the core of Apple is the employees and the people um, so I mean that fits right? It fits to focus. The, yeah but also get, getting having that, a strong getting good experience for everyone
1: operations background I mean you know yeah. that, that definitely also indicates that that those kind of issues are existing in the Apple store um so I feel I feel like that is, if if nothing else, having someone that has been with Apple for thirty years, doing a lot of things in operations and and the different people areas, mm-hmm. uh, means that uh, those are the things that Apple thinks someone should solve or 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 work on, um, and I think that is that is in, uh, a good direction. Like a lot of the the complaints people have. A person with her skill set, if if anyone in the world, a person with her skill set is is someone that would look at that and and being able to to improve, I think. So, yeah, or yeah. even not get worse or not not you know it's it's hard, right? How many? There are not a lot of companies in the world in general that deal with that many people. I mean, Apple has the most uh, dollar per square foot in almost every single place they're in. For a reason, and that's not because every phone is two thousand dollars. Not only because of that, but also because there are thousands of people paying two thousand dollars mm. for a phone. Um, so it will be will be an interesting thing to to see if any if and how things might change over time. Yeah,
2: but I'm but I'm really hoping something that I really liked that came out in the last uh, in the past few years is the. Uh, today at Apple, sort of initiative, and I think that's something that has been really nice. And I think it's something that's really cr- sort of encouraged people to create new things and try new things with their devices. So I hope that's something they will keep up because that seemed to be something that was started to be introduced when when Angela came into this position. So I'm hoping that that will be something that they keep up. But I think they did recently roll out new programs for this. So hopefully they will be able to keep this up. And I think when they they have a system in place for that, so hopefully it won't. It won't go away anytime soon.
1: I I wouldn't expect drastical changes. I think, like, if we look at retail, both online and, and like, physical locations, it just went through a big change. And I think, overall, I mean, like, disregarding how many more people go to Apple stores now than, than like, 20 years ago. um, But just looking at how the stores changed, like physically and and the programs they're offering i do think it was was an improvement um i mean adding 10 times as many people to each location is i mean it's hard to make that make a location feel better when there are 10 times as many people in them i mean you you, i don't think anyone goes to a store and thinks ah i wish there would be more people here for any store ever um so, I, I don't, if, but if we, if we kind of ignore the, the, the increase of foot traffic, I do think the Apple stores w- became a better experience over time. So, uh, I, I wouldn't expect there to be any drastical changes. Yep. Fair point. But my biggest problem is, uh, since Apple changed the, uh, online store thing, uh, when was that? Was that last year or two years ago when Apple, uh, Wait, what kinda- online store? A lot of uh, Apple retail and on- Apple online, they-, they ran on different systems for a long time. Um, oh, okay. And uh, then a few years ago, Apple uh, upgraded the entire online ordering systems, and that mm-hmm. also integrated the retail uh, and online retail into one system so to make it a lot easier, you for uh I don't know, you could easier um order something online, get it shipped to your home, then you want to return it, you bring it to a store and those kind of things were super smooth after the change and were a bit uh, finicky before that. Um but as and also that's when we left uh, when we lost the uh, old uh, yellow sticky note. Uh, I don't know if you remember the sticky note when the store is updated. Oh,
2: yeah, you're right. I like the sticky oh,
1: note. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah,
2: it's yep. a lot more modern now. I think it makes <laughs> sense that they did do this facelift and underlying yeah. uh, API, like uh, uh, the bigger underlying changes. But yeah.
1: mm-hmm. but that, uh, my, my personal problem with that is I had this amazing URL that would just directly let you go to a in-store pickup reservation website and the URL for that changed with the redesign of the Apple online store. So it was amazing no. because people were all trying to refresh all night to, to pre-order their phones. And I would just go there. It would always be directly up, never having those issues where the website wouldn't come up for, for minutes or, or an hour or something. I could go there, select the phone I want and hit reservation for a specific time didn't even have to pay. There was no issue of potentially <laughs> for to free. <laughs> uh, yeah. I of them. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds <laughs> I
2: wonder why they shut this system down. I
1: see what i might might sound misleading. No, I didn't have to pay on the spot because it's just a reservation. So you then go to the store and you can you can just pick it up and pay for it in store. But it was amazing because you wouldn't have those issues where, you know, some people get their credit card declined and by the time they found their other credit card, uh, all the phones were sold out or something like that. I never had that because I could just say, sure, I pick it up at nine 15. I always picked like the next time slot after the, the direct opening spot because I didn't want to stand in line. I would just show up comfortably, no one in line, picking up my phone uh, and leaving. That was super simple. I really enjoyed that. No one knew about the URL and uh that URL is gone so that was that to me for for personal pre-order reasons only uh i prefer the old online store
2: i miss the sticking note
1: <laughs> so um spotify bought uh i mean spotify had for a while right they had some some uh, uh moves to try to have podcasting on their platform um mm-hmm. And so far, everything seemed a bit uh, as an afterthought. I mean, I don't know if either of you have tried to play a podcast in the Spotify app. No,
2: but I think our podcast is on Spotify, right? I think so, yeah. It's supposed to be, but I don't think any of us ever verified this. Because none of us use Spotify.
1: And also don't think anyone would... I don't think... uh, At least in the stats, it doesn't even show up. So I don't think we have any So
0: maybe it didn't work. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and I also don't care
1: if it's not on Spotify,
0: so... But, be point being,
1: that. have either of you tried the Spotify app to play a podcast?
2: No. I haven't used Spotify nope. in a very long time. All right. That, yeah, is, me
1: that is the right answer because it's a horrible experience. I, I thought <laughs> I'd do a little bit of homework for this and Woo-hoo! try to listen to oh. a podcast in Spotify, and it is. I don't I don't understand how anyone would listen to What do you to. dislike about that? Um first of all they don't appear to have show notes support at all. They <sighs> don't su- seem to have chapter support.
3: Huh? What?
1: Like they basically don't have podcast support in their in their player at the moment. Do
2: they have custom artworks? So
1: it's like you're just playing a really long song. Yeah, <laughs> I do I do they do main-
0: What <sighs>
2: about like skipping? Can you skip like 30 seconds forward and backward? I mean,
1: I I I I uh, can't recall. You can only
0: skip to the next podcast.
1: Sorry, Marlon. No, I
0: don't know. I just made
1: that up. <laughs> you can only skip to the next ad. <laughs> um, oh, do they do
0: dynamic ad insertion or anything like that? Um,
1: I don't know if they do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they would start doing that. Because I think that's okay. sort of what this is. I mean, that's for, what they do like, for music, right?
2: It feels like that. So, so now they have acquired a few companies and it might be something they can have more control over as yeah, so they could mm. potentially have dynamic ad insert in that way.
1: So first of all, I, I just want to say I, I tried some of the Spotify podcast stuff, and at the moment it feels very much like an afterthought. I mean, they've done the music thing, and I think that was that was pretty cool. I used Spotify a lot when it was uh, Sweden only at first, and then kind of people started. It was kind of rolling out all all over the world, and I used it for a long time, and I really liked it. Um, and it was a pretty decent music player. Um, back then but it seems like for, for podcasts at least uh, there wasn't really I mean they do play podcasts and they do maintain a, a listening position but that's about as far as just, uh, podcast support uh, went so far but now they acquired both Anchor and Gimlet? Is that what how you pronounce it? Yep. So one Anchor being, I mean we actually started on Anchor, it's like a Free podcast host, and also they have a whole bunch of kind of simple podcast editing tools to to kind of i guess their their idea was to make podcast creation and and publishing as easy as possible um and then um the um gimlet is just a or i shouldn't say just but it's a podcast network but i th- i believe they also produce podcasts for for other for, like, companies and stuff that want this is good Gimlet podcasts. This yeah. Media,
2: right? Gimlet Media? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure. I haven't actually looked too much at them. Uh, but, yeah, we did use Anchor before, and we did start noticing that they were starting to do more, like, dynamic ad insertion and promote that uh, I mean, that's what they conflict. launched
1: just before the acquisition. Yeah. So they launched this kind of service that you can say, hey, I want ads on my show, and they kind of find you advertisers and take a cut of your advertisement revenue and those kind of things. So they've definitely kind of moved into that direction. And yeah, now they're under the Spotify umbrella.
0: Yeah. um, We should probably, I mean, in and of itself, the news isn't too big, but we should probably talk a bit about what it means for podcasting. Because if you think about podcasting as a whole, then it is a little bit more significant. Um, So do you want to start or do you want me to sort of give a quick summary of my understanding
1: of the situation? I mean, it it kind of depends, right? Uh, to me, there are multiple f- faucets to that. At the moment, S- Spotify already has exclusive shows, um, kind of like long-form audio shows, but they're not really podcasts. They don't have any way to be consumed outside of Spotify. So it's basically Spotify-exclusive long-piece audio things. And to me, that's kind of more like... Audible, right? Audible audible audiobooks. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. They're not they're not podcasts. They're they're just Or like
2: radio shows, I guess, where you stream it directly from shows.
1: But they're they're like audio content that was exclusively created to be played in Spotify. Um and I don't know. No, you go first and I try to (laughs) find my thoughts. I mean podcasting
0: as a a medium, as as an entertainment medium, has remained fairly open and um, isn't really controlled by one platform or one vendor or one company or anything like that. Um, If you look at the podcasting space at the moment, I think it's fair to say the company probably with the most power is Apple. And the reason is, even though they don't really flex that power much, uh, the reason is because their directory is what's uh, commonly used uh, by... Any really third-party podcast player, mm-hmm. with the exception of of things like Spotify and Stitcher and that, um, who who have their own indexes, but it's sort of generally used by any podcast player app or service or site or anything like that. Like the Apple Directory is sort of the the place you want to be if you host the podcast. It's uh, you need your show there to have any kind of visibility, and a lot of the um, a lot of the podcast playing services and but apps think, will pull from there. I
2: think an important thing to mention is that um, it's not. It's not owned by Apple in any way, and it's not only available for Apple. It's something that all podcast apps can actually take data from. So all you need to be yes, is to yes. sort of be indexed on Apple on, on iTunes. Uh, sorry, on yeah, on iTunes. Yeah.
1: So everyone that listens to the show, or I guess at least the the largest chunk of people listening to this show right now, would have probably subscribed to this podcast in in one of their favorite podcast players. Uh, That podcast player probably found our RSS feed in the iTunes podcast directory, but are now basically just fetching our RSS feed. So all that Apple did in this case was having a directory that gathers all the podcasts that have been submitted to Apple, make it searchable, indexable, and then serves the RSS feed to our show. So uh as as soon as, as you subscribe to the podcast, Apple is out of the equation. Now you just subscribe to our RSS feed, podcast player of choice, uh as RSS feed. Whenever there's a change, uh downloads a new episode and you can listen to it.
2: Yeah, and this is a part that I really appreciate from Apple that it's nothing they really make money of and it's nothing that's like proprietary for Apple. It's different from the App Store, everyone can just actually access this directly. And I think that's that's really nice. It's that's something I really like with the podcasting platform. Sorry, Zach, I didn't mean to interrupt this one to point
0: that out. No, no, not a problem. Um, yeah, so that, uh, you summed it up nicely. Like It is it is owned by Apple, that list, I guess, but it's curated by them. But for the most part, uh, it is open and anyone can contribute to it. And yeah, all podcasts are, are RSS, so it's based on an open standard. Nothing's proprietary. We're not submitting each episode of this podcast to Apple. They don't approve it after the initial look through or whatever. Um, so it's fairly—it's
1: a fairly open standard. And even if they would pull it, um, for the most part, that wouldn't even affect anyone that already subscribed to our podcast at this point right. in time. Yeah,
0: because so, the all the apps, like the third-party app that you've subscribed in or whatever, all it's doing is pointing to our RSS feed, uh, mm-hmm. which it found because we were indexed in the Apple directory. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, moves like this, and, and for the most part, like the nice thing about podcasting is if you have a podcast, anyone can listen to it however they want, anywhere that plays MP3 files and that can pull in a file from a link in an RSS feed, like you can do it. It's fairly open. Um, I guess the problem arises where, uh, say, big money enters podcasting and wants to lock up podcasts by, Maybe having exclusive shows or making shows only available to people who pay, which I guess would mean they're exclusive, so I just repeated myself. Um, But you get the point.
2: Or things like inserting ads um, without it actually Mm. being something that the people who create the podcast do. Because I think many people who do – there are ads in podcasts. There are ad reads that people actually read in the podcast, but that's a lot more personal. And I think many people who have podcasts, they decide – which ads they want to read on their podcast, and they wouldn't approve of everything and they don't want to be disruptive for the listener. they tend to take something that's more on topic they don't want to have I guess like cheap ads or like click baits, <laughs> baits type of things, so I think that is something that's really nice that people are in control of what they put in well if 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 a big company owns it owns, owns your podcast and is able to actually change parts of the audio that can actually make it a worse experience but also listeners. just
1: if you look at something at least semi-parallel like YouTube, right? It's kind of a parallel universe to where we are with podcasts. It's, it's video, but otherwise it's not too different. People making content, uploading it, and then it's being served to users. But for podcasts, as we explained, it kind of goes through an RSS feed and you consume it however you want to, want to consume it. Well, for video, what is what got established was YouTube. So if you want to watch any video on the internet, it's usually coming through YouTube. And most people that I know that have any business or any activity on YouTube, their favorite topic of conversation is that they're things afraid that of. Things they don't like about yeah, YouTube. The things they don't like about YouTube. The things they're uh, that they're worried about YouTube uh, changing. Uh, the, that they're worried about the algorithm, and that the algorithm is in charge of their their livelihood. So if yeah, we just like, look,
2: you don't want to be reliant on one single source, and I think.
1: But it's also it's just you have this thing where where you're not in charge of it, and a lot of people that do use that as a platform, and I mean it does therefore help with discovery. That's why I I think discovery is probably the most important thing.
2: But you can do the same on something like podcasting apps though. It's but I just think that- we
1: don't have that yet. That's mm. why I think discovery is a thing that needs to be uh, uh, improved soon because I feel like that's the one leverage I could see Spotify having. But discovery
2: um, is something that's beneficial for the person and not for, for the company and I think it might not be... like it, It's it's something that's, that's beneficial for the listeners and for the people who create the podcast but it might not necessarily be something... The only reason why discovery is good for a corporation is because they can add more adds to that yeah
1: yeah yeah. but i i I just so it's not only beneficial no no but i can see discovery being solved like spotify is in a good situation to to uh solve discovery right they already do that for music based on people that listen to similar things they can suggest things to you they already have quite good algorithms of figuring out based on other things you listen to what kind of music you would like so i do see spotify being in a position where they they can suggest relatively accurately other podcasts that you might that you would potentially enjoy that you're not currently listening to. And I feel like at in our kind of open podcast world we don't have a lot of good discovery. At least not as good as YouTube does discovery for videos.
3: Mm. Um, But I
2: think yeah the thing we like the reason why this is making many people a little bit concerned is because like I think if you've seen this pattern happening to video, I think many podcasters are very happy about the fact that it is decentralized, the fact that everyone has control over their own content, and that they don't rely on a specific platform. I think everyone who's creating podcasts is, is very happy about this. And many people and I, try podcasting and then go to YouTube, they really miss this part, or they see many things that they can complain about with YouTube. And I YouTube. don't
1: and- see people being, spending a lot of their time being worried about that this platform, like, Podcasting or this medium, that that would be changed because no one really was in a situation to be yeah. or in a position that they could change.
3: Something.
2: But I think because we have seen this parallel universe of what happened with video and what what video is now, people don't really um, people are a bit afraid of something like this happen to podcast too. And it's something that like it's it's big money in podcasting too. So I think many companies want to tap into this market, and I think that's something that makes even more people worried.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. It's I mean I'm. I don't know if I'm I'm really worried. Um I do feel for at the moment I still feel it's unlikely it feels a bit more like a fly trap, right? Um at the moment everything that Spotify is doing seems okay. I mean it's not really I, I don't appreciate it or I don't agree with it because I like podcasting still behaves the way the internet used to behave, right? It's decentralized, everyone is in charge of whatever they want um and that just aligns with how i like things in general i like to do things the way i want because then i can do them exactly the way i want um i also <laughs> see that a lot of people don't ha- share that mentality a lot of people want things to be uh made for them i know but like, it's not people it's not want very, it to be like <laughs> taking that kind of control away yeah, from them it's, because it's simpler and it's I'm not that doing hard though like
2: podcast i understand that for video But it's not hard to host your podcast.
1: I I know, but I... I, And I
2: think that's the great thing with this platform. I think editing video is something that's quite difficult, and hosting video is something that's quite... I guess pricey, pre- <laughs> pricey, resource intense. Like it's difficult to host video, and also to have a website that is able to handle video well. So if you would host your own video website, it would like I think most people even integrate with YouTube now because that just provides a nicer mm. player.
1: But that's why I mean, Flytrap. I f- I feel like we don't really need a big player in podcasting. I think podcasting we, uh, is find a way we don't it
2: need that but that's the problem I think many people want to be that big player in podcasting of course I think because I mean I see the business value, else, but there's but
1: only business value there's not yeah, a lot of value for people the only but the, the only value I can see is the discovery part yeah. but apart from that like podcasting is for the most part a solved problem
2: Pod- yeah but podcasting is still not a mainstream uh, media I- what? yeah and I mean,
1: that's the thing like
0: there's money to be made by big corporations in yeah. podcasting and I think that they're trying to get in on that sweet, sweet podcasting. I, every- I mean podcasting yeah. is Everyone pretty who mainstream, knows about YouTube though.
2: YouTube doesn't know about podcasts. I think it's a very right. yeah. English-speaking yeah. country-specific thing. Many people yeah. outside of English-speaking countries don't know what podcasts are, and I think that's because the content isn't available, and it might not, like, websites or... I mean, or-
1: podcasting is huge in Germany.
2: Yeah, yeah, Germany is great but <laughs> like, they seem to have so many good podcasts but i think many other people or like many even people who i met in australia they didn't know what podcast was and i think it's a pretty north american concept and i think maybe it's I mean, because talk, talk radio, radio right? is more yeah. common yeah but i don't think talk radio is as common in australia either right Zach? in the
0: car uh, while driving um, but you don't yeah.
2: have anything like, like npr
0: no oh i mean like no 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 that is true yeah we don't have an
1: NPR. But I mean, it is still... I mean, it, it gets a lot of traction, right? We we, we talked about it before the show. Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast seems to get like a...
2: Yeah, but that's on YouTube million. again. I think most people don't use listen to Joe Rogan on a podcast. They look at his No, no, YouTube.
1: actually, his, his podcast actually, numbers are larger than his okay. YouTube numbers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Because, I mean, a- again, the thing, right? A podcast you just automatically get, you subscribe to, yeah. you get every single episode if you subscribe to... Joe Rogan's podcast on on YouTube the algorithm will decide which one they think is worthy of your attention um, but I, I yeah, just I think at the to moment be, yeah. to me podcast isn't really something that needs fixing because it's it's it, it's entire distribution thing is is pretty much as good as it can be. Decentralized yeah. internet, the way I think a lot more services should go. I do
2: think that's good. I don't mean to be against you, but I do think there are many people who don't know about podcasting and I think it is an untapped market in that aspect. And I think many people the people who watch YouTube now who didn't go to websites to watch people's videos independently they would be the people who benefit from the I think service. the only, so the only be-
1: problem, I mean, there are two sides to it, right? There's the creating side and then there's the consumption side. I mm-hmm. feel like for the consumption side, no one needs to know that it's open. You download Apple's podcast app or Pocket Casts on, on your Android phone.
2: Yeah. So maybe it's more of a marketing and, thing rather you, than a distribution you thing. You know,
1: it, as long as discovery is, a, is, a, is attainable, you just go to, you open your podcast player and you you see some shows, you subscribe to them. It's just, I think the entry is a bit di- more difficult because you subscribe to something that might be an, an hour long or something. But otherwise, uh, I mean, it's for, from a consumption side. There isn't really anything that Spotify, I, I don't see what Spotify would do apart from Discovery that would make it easier to consume the media right like there is not like that part to me is, is yep. a solved problem yeah and so maybe- to me now it feels like spotify is kind of the fly trap at the moment they're saying everything is kind of open right They, they, you maintain rights and whatever you can publish on multiple platforms to whatever you want but that's because they're behind at some yep. point uh that always happens right at some point if they gain enough traction then it's up to them to decide whether they want to change their policy on that or not and then it's when we get to this point where everyone is worried and hope, everyone hopes that they're not changing a policy mm-hmm. in a way that that uh, favors like you. Too. Yeah, that yeah. that kind of defavors whatever you happen to be doing. I just I don't want to be in that situation, and that's why I think uh, that's the only thing I'm worried about. That we don't need it. I don't think it solves a lot of problems that people <laughs> are having. Yeah, and therefore I'm I'm worried that people still. Somehow are being lulled into that, and then the flytrap trap closes. Uh, I think I, this I, is I a hard problem like, to, to uh, a hard discussion to rush through. Maybe yeah. we should save it. Actually, yeah,
2: we probably have to talk more about this. But I do agree with you. It's nothing that we really need as creators, and it's nothing that you necessarily need from the sake of listening point of view. But for the sake of discovering, I think people need it. But that could be something that as an individual app does, or someone. It could be a marketing thing as well. It doesn't need to be a big corporation getting into this, but I do think big corporations see it as a perfect opportunity it does happen to tap into. And I guess we just have to come up with a better way of distributing this content or a better way of making it more, um, make it more discoverable. And that might solve the problem and that might push out the other alternatives. But I think it's important. To recognize that something like this might be happening because it has been but happening on platforms. But it's
1: different, right? Platforms. For YouTube, YouTube started online video to a large extent, and therefore they are in the position they're in. Uh, podcasting is already a thing now. Spotify, yeah. Moves in, and I do yeah, think that that will like reach before more Spotify
2: Came out, many people list. There were people listening to independent music and discovering different music, but most people listened to the albums they found or the radio shows that they listened or like the radio channels that they used to listen to all the time. It was only like I mean, hardcore music that's
1: discovery again, right?
2: Exactly. But something like Spotify is mainstream now for a reason, and I think it. I can see them trying to do the same thing that they did to that they have done to music um i can see that they might want to do the same thing they did to music to to podcasts but again
1: spotify was in that situation because they were the first to do like when spotify no, because
2: music was available before music it was, was available through different websites but it was available music
1: streaming wasn't available most of i mean it's true. there it's was true. a the period of piracy right yeah. you you changed piracy and all the hassles that were that it's a were good point. associated to piracy, or the few people that actually paid for music on iTunes yeah um but for for the most extent, I would think people exchanged piracy for something that was less hassle, easier to do, streaming music, and therefore having ads right that yeah, was initially the only thing in uh, spotify yeah, and I-, I think that is natural, right they were the first ones to do it this way, they got rid of the hassle of of piracy and all the like terrible sound quality, and whatever else came with piracy right you 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 download uh, a specific song and you got a very different song yeah, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And that's the problem they solved. They had a good library, right. uh, well-maintained, good quality, easy to use, and still free if you're, if you're happy to listen to ads every 10 songs or whatever. Yeah. So you're I right. do so think they were it can early be solved
2: there. In, hopefully it's something that can be solved in different ways and it's not necessary from a consumer point of view to have... Like a big company getting into this. And if it's only I additive, think-
1: I don't I don't mind, right? Yeah. If people want to listen to our yeah. podcast on Spotify, I-, I would recommend them using a better player, <laughs> but I don't really I don't really mind, right? No, don't no, don't listen to our podcast on Spotify. <laughs> I don't want you to, but I don't mind if if people. I mean, people, different people like different things. If you just want a subpar experience <laughs> listening to a podcast, just rather like than the using, like people
2: going to Starbucks,
1: you know, yeah. If if you, uh,
0: yeah, but so so this is, but this is a like it's attractive from both sides. It Like as a podcast creator, it's like great potentially more people to find my podcast. Maybe people listening to podcasts who wouldn't otherwise have gone and downloaded Pocket Cast or Overcast or even opened up the Apple Podcast app. Like it's probably a good thing for. Like, if you just look at raw numbers or whatever for us to be like, yeah, use Spotify too. But, like, let's say in five years' time, Apple and Spotify are competing in the podcast spe- podcast space as they are with the music space now. Like, if you're an, a music artist, you pretty much have to be on streaming a streaming service these days. You can probably afford to not be on Tidal. Uh, you definitely want to be on Apple Music, and you uh, equally want to be on Spotify. And they're sort of the two places that you have to be. And you also kind of want to have your music on YouTube, because that's important as well, and that's another way people discover music. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, our podcast is available to any podcast app and that's really nice like we don't have to tell people oh you know you can only listen to socast on podcasts and castro like mm-hmm. we don't have to tell people that we can say we have a podcast oh you're a person who has a way to listen to podcasts go do that mm-hmm. that's really nice but like if if we encourage people to listen on spotify or not even encourage but if we are on spotify and get a bigger audience blah blah, blah then who knows in five years time will it be oh listen to us on spotify but that's my on point right Podcasts, if it's like-
1: purely additive i don't care like if mm. it's if it always stays the same spotify just hosts the file themselves and but it's they still read our rss feed they download the episode and then just serve it through their cdn because i don't know they say and they want to serve files closer to the user or whatever i wouldn't care i only care if the business model is going in a direction that i disagree with or if they reach a critical mass where i'm like oh Seems like everyone is now going for Spotify first and now they're in a power position. But that's the thing. They're not gonna host it. take our example, they're not gonna host
0: our podcast for free. They're not gonna redistribute it, you know, host the file themselves, redistribute it and expect nothing in return. They're not gonna they're not gonna do that. It could be a point, it could be tomorrow, it could be in five years, where it's suddenly like hey, yeah, we
2: But you don't have to pay for being on Spotify as a as a music producer though, right? N-
0: not no. at the moment, yeah. No. Yeah. No. But like, you know, how long until, oh, we have to mention we're on Spotify at the end of every episode. I'm pretty sure at one point that was a, a requirement for Stitcher. Um, if you're on Stitcher, you used to have to mention them. Um, at least that was the case with certain shows, maybe above a certain size. Um, and that's obviously not. A good thing. It's not good to
1: be tied to a platform. Yeah, but I would never do that, right? If I, I'm not interested in in, I I will only I will only advocate for things that I like. If I would yeah, like Spotify yeah. excessively, I would I would say that. Um, at mm-hmm. the moment, it's 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 terrible, so I I won't say that. But I won't be. Uh, uh, no one can... F- yeah, but like, I think it's, it's quite obvious
0: they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart, and that applies to any Clearly company not. who tries to monopolize this space. So, I don't think it should be... I, I think we should be sort of skeptical of it and probably discourage sure. people from using Spotify. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling very positive about it. Yeah,
1: I mean, as I said, I'm, I'm in no way in favor of that. But if, it's, if it, hypothetically it is purely additive and stays that way, I don't care. The only way I care about it is if if there is a direction to to kind of try to be the YouTube of of podcast. I think that's very unlikely. I don't think they, the chances of that are very high at, at least for shows like ours. That is kind of like a niche not going to have 100 million listeners uh, a month. Um I think it's 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 more of a I mean, they again—they're quite gimlet for a reason, right? They want exclusive shows and therefore potentially get people into that. But to me, those are not podcasts. I'm not worried about Audible as a as a, to destroy podcast. Maybe that's maybe I should be, but uh, to me, those just feel like different things um but yeah i i like podcasting the way it is i do think discovery yeah. its improvement yeah. and the other side i i i mean we always have that right oh anchor makes creating podcasts so much better but then you listen to a lot of podcasts and they're barely you know you you, you they're barely you you can't make it through more than four minutes because the audio quality is so bad or there's so much... It,
0: yeah, I don't agree with that. I think that... I mean, I don't think necessarily that a, ba- a small barrier to entry is a bad thing. I mean, it doesn't have to be a financial barrier to entry, because if you if you no, limit things financially, no. then that's that can be unfair, because you are definitely losing out on talent. But more uh, a skill or effort barrier to entry? Um, skill, but it's kind of self-selecting uh, anyway, skill. right? I don't think yeah, people but it will listen to a show th- that,
1: th- that it's sh- sh- sounding so bad that it hurts your ears. People won't listen to that anyway.
0: Yeah, but but overall, the less, the fewer of those shows that there are. Imagine if you opened Spotify for the first time and the first thing you came across was a show that yeah, was it's, produced, it's, it's you a know, noise that was terribly produced, and yeah. someone had put on because Anchor made it so accessible. I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I mean, like when we did this podcast, admittedly, we spent money, and I'm not advocating that everyone should have to spend money, but if you you know, if you can put a little bit of effort in with existing tools, generally you can get a decent sounding show, at least something that's respectable. And also you have to go through the hoops of, you know, knowing a little bit about where to host, where to publish. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to have a small, but
1: yeah. I think in general, it's, it's a good thing. The more people know, the better we are off. Because mm-hmm. people can do things independently if they want to, mm-hmm. you know. You, we learned skills during this. So for whatever reason, uh, software development and and the tech sector is going down. We we acquired some additional skills. We could do audio productions if we wanted to, to some extent, for audio formats. I, I just think it's in general, it's good for people to learn new skills. So I I do think uh, learning learning skills, thumbs up, good. More people learn more skills, always good. Um, but also, I mean, you have that in YouTube, right? You have a lot of videos that are really crappy quality. Sometimes they're even in in portraits, but presented in, in landscape. I mean, there's so many bad quality videos. Doesn't I mean, that's where the algorithm kind of filters out that noise and people won't recommend it in, in, in the podcast players. So I do think those kind of things will filter out because it's...
0: But, but that's the thing. That problem is solved by the centralized system, which is doing the curation for you. If podcasts are not going to have that, which I think we all agree is probably ideal, then mm. maybe there does need to be a level of curation that happens
1: at a different point in time and that could be
0: before the podcast is recorded and published. I don't know.
1: But that's why I think discovery is the one important thing that is, that, to me at least, can completely take a lot of the power out of of centralized platforms because if you have good discovery options, then why would you, you know, then that discovery option filters out bad options and uh, Spotify has less of a an advantage there. Anyway, we really got to eat now. Yeah, our so food we, is, we... smells amazing. Uh, okay. So uh. we probably pick up on that topic. It's not the last time we talk about podcasting. Because sure. now we're also in a situation where we have to worry about what big players in this industry might be doing and how it could mm. potentially affect yeah, us. we're like all those
2: YouTubers us. complaining about YouTube. I
1: know. Oh. Now, this <laughs> medium that we've enjoyed for, for tens Thousands of years. of
2: years. Okay. <clears> One <throat> of us... L-
1: Longer than the others, but yeah. It's a lot of podcasts
3: in thousands of years. Yeah, mm. listen
2: to it in 2X. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah.